Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. My name is Cody Kniper with Kniper Ranch in Candelia, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is always great to have you along for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, bull weevil eradication efforts continue in the Rio Grande Valley. And anthrax has been detected in Edwards County. We'll have those stories coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. For farmers in the Texas High Plains, this season has been one where fighting weeds has been a much bigger issue than is normally the case. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about weed fighting strategies on Texas Ag Today. With pasture and range conditions worsening, supplemental feeding continues for cattle as the drought lingers on. I'm Tom Nicoletti and we'll go to a South Texas ranch for our report on Texas Ag Today. It certainly has been hot across Texas. It's going to change someday. We know that. Please join me, John Beck, though, as we talk about landscaping to cool things down. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The boll weevil eradication effort has pushed the pest out of most of the United States, with the Rio Grande Valley here in Texas now on the front lines of keeping it out of the country. Sixto Edward Havera is the Texas Boll Weevil Eradication Foundation's zone manager for the lower Rio Grande Valley. Here in Texas, of course, you know, we've had success over millions of acres uh, with the eradication program, far west Texas, in the plains, and even in the east Texas. And now we're down in south Texas. There's some unique challenges here. A lot of it has to do with the climate. You know, it's very challenging when you have a subtropical climate that, you know, you have potential, you know, cotton plants and, and weevil reproduction year-round. So this is very challenging here, and it's got a little bit different aspects as other areas. But we are seeing a lot of success, and, and we're working hand-in-hand on the Mexican side with the Tamaulipas program, and uh, there's a lot of interaction. We are moving the ball forward. I feel very confident that we are going to get this thing done, but it's just a process. With such a long growing season in a subtropical climate and so many other variables, Havera says it's hard to put a date on when the boll weevil will actually be driven out of the Rio Grande Valley. And while it is currently under control... Havera says the goal is to completely eradicate it. Anthrax has shown up in Edwards County in southwest Texas. A Spanish goat in Edwards County has tested positive for anthrax. According to the Texas Animal Health Commission, 
In Texas, anthrax cases are most often found in a triangular area between Uvalde, Ozona, and Eagle Pass. An increase in anthrax cases is common after periods of cool, wet weather, followed by hot and dry weather. Symptoms include acute fever, staggering, difficulty breathing, seizures, sudden death, and bloated carcasses with lack of rigor mortis and bloody discharge. The Animal Health Commission says an effective vaccine is available for livestock and is commonly used in areas that have anthrax. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Texas Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller announced that the State of Texas Agriculture Relief Fund, or the STAR Fund, is ready to assist Texas agricultural producers affected by critical wildfire activity that sparked across the state. At least 8,500 acres of Texas land have burned since August 1st. The STAR Fund reimburses qualified agricultural producers 50% of eligible expenses up to $4,000. STAR funds are generally not available for crop or livestock losses, but for things like rebuilding fences, restoring operations, and paying for other agricultural disaster relief costs. If you'd like more information on applying for STAR Fund relief, check out the TDA website at texasagriculture.gov. Fighting weeds has been a big task on the Texas High Plains this year. James Hunt takes a look at some weed fighting strategies. One of the most talked about things during this growing season is the big battle Texas High Plains farmers have had with weeds. Our heavy spring rains not only helped grow those weeds, but also delayed when farmers could get out on their fields to fight them. Some producers called upon aerial applicators. Those crop dusters can definitely help get out the herbicide, but using a ground rig can deliver more. With future weed battles in mind, here's some observations from Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell. With a sprayer on a ground rig, a producer can usually spray, depending on the nozzles and depending on speed and depending on how it's calibrated, about up to 20 gallons per acre. And so if you think about what that means, that means that there's going to be herbicide or the pesticide mixed in 20 gallons of water, and that's what is being applied. Whereas a plane is going to use on average one to three gallons per acre, so you just don't get as much coverage. And so that can really be very challenging, especially for larger weeds. And so really, if there are severe weed problems, it is best if a producer can use a ground rig just so they can get better coverage on those weeds and and really penetrate that weed canopy. Dr. Bell also says even though more producers are trying to reduce tillage in order to maintain crop residue, sometimes plowing helps. When these weeds become very hard to control, often tillage, plowing, becomes one of the most effective options, especially where we start to see herbicide resistance become a problem. Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Pasture and range conditions in Texas look awful. Tom Nicoletti has the story. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture's latest pasture and range report for Texas, 77% is rated poor or very poor. The Texas drought has certainly created challenges for South Texas cattle rancher Zach Yanta. 
for us in uh, our area, because of the early rains that we had, we went into this drought having a good supply of grass, a lot of good forage out there, quantity. Of course, now with the heat and the dryness that we've it's been probably, I don't know, maybe close to three months or so since we've had a really good rain, maybe longer. But we have on our inches, most of them have you know ample grass, but there's there's just not much quality at all to the grazing. So that's why we're having the supplement because it looks brown as though it's dead of winter. So there's not much nutritional value for our cattle. We have to go out there and, and supplement them. We we like to use uh, cottonseed meal, cottonseed cubes to, to supplement the cattle to keep them in shape and going forward. The calves, our calves are all going to be quite a bit smaller than usual, and we will be removing them, weaning them from the herds quite a bit sooner than we usually plan to so that we can keep the cows in better condition so that uh, we don't have to supplement them as hard during the winter time. People are getting so dry, they're just running out of grass and they don't want to feed them any longer. So they'll take them to the market and get what they can. And it, it's been it's been strong. So, uh, you know, it's not a weak market. And from the recent tropical storm that blew through South Texas, you didn't receive much rain from that at all? No, we, we had about a third of an inch and that was it. It was kind of scattered around us. That is Zach Yanta. He is a South Texas is a cattle rancher in Carnes County. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. This hot summer can get you thinking about ways to cool off with your landscaping. San Angelo horticulturalist John Begno has more. Well, with all this heat, we really start thinking about sunlight especially. Sunlight is important for the growth of plants. You know, we have to have that. There are plants that can tolerate shade, but shade is considered the scourge of the landscaper many times because it limits us with what we can grow. But when you have temperatures in the upper 90s to 100 and then you have full sun, it can also limit plants that you'll grow. And what we try to do is use plant materials that will help cool down our local landscape, our local environment around our home. And there are several tricks you can do. We know when they measure temperature, they measure it in the shade. But still, when you have sunlight and it hits hard surfaces, you get reflectivity. And just think of your south and west exposures. If these walls on your home were exposed and not shaded by landscape plants and you have energy transfer, in other words, loss of cooling or, or too much heat transfer, and that is a, a real difficult situation. It costs a lot of money to cool a house in Texas sometimes. So here's what we do at this time of year. We're walking around doing an evaluation. We're looking at places we could use more shade, hard surfaces, patios, driveways, things like that, even gravel that can utilize more shade. You know, there's a big push to zero escape landscapes across Texas to conserve water. And when you put in rock, this can be exceptionally hot. And if you provide some shade over that, and many times we have see-through plants, plants that have dappled shade. Retamas are a good one, and sometimes in East Texas, mimosas, they provide some shade over these rock areas. And so consider that, and consider those west walls. You know, you wouldn't put a crepe myrtle, for instance, where you're going to have reflective heat because they're going to burn up, but there are well-adapted plants. So in this evaluation process, go look at other landscapes. Look at things that are actually working to keep our environment a little bit cooler. So by next year, maybe things won't be quite so hot. This is John Bagno reporting for Texas Ag Today from San Angelo. 
U.S. Fish and Wildlife is proposing adding three species found in Texas to the endangered species list. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And a new vaccine technology has received a USDA license. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The vaccine company MedGene has received a USDA license to produce the first prescription platform vaccines for cattle. Dr. Bob Judd has more on this new technology. Bovine Veterinarian reports that the specific vaccines under the new platform technology include influenza D virus, coronavirus, rotavirus, and papillomavirus. According to Dr. Bob Gentry, the bovine manager for MedGene, this technology is another good tool in the toolbox that is very precise, not just addressing a disease, but also specific strains of a disease. He indicates we can identify a disease and provide a vaccine within weeks instead of years, and this will make a tremendous difference in the health of the animals. MedGene's vaccine approach leverages the USDA-approved platform technology guidelines that are safe and easily adapted to multiple animal disease targets. The result is the development of vaccines and understanding of how diseases move across species and move across the country within a fraction of time of traditional vaccine approaches. Andy Smythe with MedGene indicates that this approach can be more relevant to a disease within a population of cattle. He gives one example of a Kansas cow herd with a coronavirus infection that is one particular sequence, and yet the same disease in West Virginia could be a different sequence. This technology allows us to be specific in vaccinating for the correct virus in each herd versus treating both herds with a universal coronavirus vaccine. The manufacturing process for platform vaccines is consistent from vaccine to vaccine, and the only change is the specific gene that is inserted. The veterinarian and the diagnostic lab work together to get the sequence of the disease, and MedGene produces the vaccine. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. U.S. Fish and Wildlife is considering adding three species found here in Texas to the endangered species list. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. U.S. Fish and Wildlife is now accepting comments on a pair of proposals to list three species found in Texas as endangered under the Endangered Species Act. The first proposal would list the Texas kangaroo rat, a small nocturnal rodent found in north-central Texas. FWS is also proposing to list 597,000 acres in five Texas counties as critical habitat essential to the conservation of that species. 
The five counties in the proposal are Childress, Cottle, Hardeman, Wichita, and Wilbarger. Fish and Wildlife says the primary threats to the Texas kangaroo rat are habitat loss and degradation. The public can comment on that proposal on regulations.gov through October 16th. A second proposal has also been issued to list two cave-dwelling catfish species from the San Antonio segment of the Edwards Aquifer in Bear County in South Texas. Fish and Wildlife says the toothless blind cat and the widemouth blind cat are in danger of extinction due to mortality from uptake by groundwater wells. The species are among the smallest catfish in the world. They measure no more than a couple of inches long. Fish and Wildlife says they're among the rarest species in the world. The public may comment on the proposal to list those two species on regulations.gov through October 23rd. To find both proposals on regulations.gov, simply search Texas Kangaroo Rat or Toothless Blind Cat. Links are also available on the Fish and Wildlife Service website. Again, those deadlines to comment are October 16th and 23rd. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw mostly higher closes in our agricultural markets to wrap up the week on Friday. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Both cattle and cotton moved higher to wrap up the trading week on Friday. We'll kick things off with a look at the cattle complex, both live and feeder cattle. Moving higher, we wrapped it up Friday afternoon with the August live cattle contract up 82 cents, 180.67. The October up 45 at 181.17. December live cattle up 60 at 185.12. August feeder cattle up a dollar twelve to end the week at two forty seven sixty two. September feeders up forty five two fifty one twenty. The October up seventy two at two fifty three ninety seven. Cash fed cattle market seeing cattle sell here in Texas at one seventy nine this week. Kansas also seeing sales at one seventy nine. When you move into the northern plains, Iowa and Nebraska selling cattle on a live basis one eighty four to one eighty six. Dress sales 292 to 295. Box B prices higher on Friday. Choice up 20 cents, 317.83. Select up 24 at 292.15. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass is here also. Doug Bass, Cattleman's Columbus. How'd it go Wednesday? Had a good sale, Mr. Larry. Uh, ended up right at 1,000 head. Uh, market looked steady last week. Uh, everything I thought so really good. Walk the pens with us. 
Yes, sir. On your weighing cows, your thinner, lower yielding cows, 58 to 77 million flesh cows, 82 to 89. Better higher yielding cows, 92 to 106. Lower yielding bulls, a dollar to a dollar nine. Better high yielding bulls bring 112 to 119. Uh, I'm sorry, 129 on them higher yielding bulls. Uh, pairs, uh, we have a few pairs. Uh, medium type pairs, 800 to 1300. Better pairs bring 1650 to 1950. Bred cows, uh, medium type bred cows, 550 to 1250. Better bred cows bring 14. 1600 to 1650. The calf market looked really good. Uh, two to three weight steers, 240 to 327. Heifers, 235 to 265. Three to four weight steers, 230 to 310. Heifers, 220 to 287. Four to five weight steers, 220 to 317. Heifers, 215 to 260. Five to six weight steers, 210 to 242. Heifers, $2 to 246. Six to seven weight steers, 190 to 230. Heifers, 185 to 211. Seven to eight weight steers, 174 to 222. Heifers, 170 to $2. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bull yardings bring 155 to 217. And the heifer rats bring 140 to 177. Do you know of anything next week uh, for that sale there in Columbus on Wednesday? You know, we got a few calls yesterday. Uh, I imagine we'll have a pretty decent run, uh, but n- nothing in particular, no, sir. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. All right. Yes, sir. You can call me on my cell, 979-877-4454, or call Sarah's office, 979-732-2622. Maybe that's all the time we've got here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network for Walking the Pins. I'm Larry Marble. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now where Lean Hogs finished mix. The nearby October contract was down 65 cents, 79.82. December hogs up 12 at 72.02. Class 3 milk was higher. August milk up 2 cents, 17.21 a hundredweight. September milk up 9 at 18.85 a hundred. Triple-digit gains in the cotton market to wrap up the week on Friday. Looks like the weather forecast is winning out with traders right now. The 6 to 10 day forecast calling for much above normal temperatures for the entire U.S. cotton belt. Also, the 8 to 14 day outlook shows hot temperatures and no rain for West Texas. That helped to boost prices on Friday with October cotton up 142 points, 87.51. December cotton up 122 at 87.31. March cotton up 115, 87.19. Not much moving in the corn market on Friday. We just drifted slightly lower on the close. September corn down one and a half at 470 and three quarters. December corn dropped a quarter cent, 488 a bushel. March corn down a quarter at 502 and three quarters. Wheat complex was mixed. Hard wheat finished slightly higher while soft wheat took another drop. September Kansas City wheat up a penny, 754 a bushel. September Chicago wheat down 10 and three quarters. 593 and a quarter. In the energy market, September natural gas was up 2 cents at 253. October West Texas crude up 84 cents at 79.89 a barrel. The financial markets higher Friday afternoon, the Dow was up 305 points, 34,404. The Nasdaq up 129 at 13,593. The S&P up 35, 4,411. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. 
Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.